everything that you have for us to hear. I thank you, Father God, for your anointing that has already destroyed the yoke of bondage that has already destroyed the works of the devil. But we must learn how to operate and take authority over every circumstance and situation that comes our way and have discernment when we go into a situation. And I praise you and I thank you in Jesus' name. And I need your watch, honey. Uh, dealing with the devil. Jesus replied, son, there are a lot, of, lot in there you don't know. He continued, not one single time in the New Testament is the church ever told to pray that God, the Father, or Jesus would do anything against the devil. In fact, to do so is a waste, is a waste of your time. The believer is told to do something about the devil. The reason is because you have the authority to do it. The church is not to pray to God the Father about the devil. The church is to exercise the authority that belongs to it. The New Testament tells believers themselves to do something about the devil. The least member of the body of Christ has just as much power over the devil as anyone else has. And unless believers do something about the devil, nothing will be done in a lot of areas. Okay. Um, let's see. Jesus said, I've done all I'm going to do about the devil until the angel comes down from heaven, takes the chain and binds him and puts him in the bottomless pit. Revelation 20, 1 through 3. That came as a real shock to me, Brother Hagen is saying. In Mark 16, 15 through 18, if you want to go there, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these things shall follow them that believe in my name, Shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick recover. And then he said that he, they went about, um, as they went about, Jesus went about doing miracles through them. Colossians 1 13 says, who hath delivered under us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. We have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son here on this earth. So I've been teaching. Mary, do you want to grab this? Thank you. I don't want to leave it here. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay, I've been teaching on praying in tongues, and today I'm going to be teaching on the reasons why every believer should 
speak in tongues. And if we will turn to 1 Corinthians 4.18. You know, you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit. What did I say? 14, 14, 18. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. You know, Paul wrote the biggest part of the New Testament. Is my water down there the cold one, sweetie? That would be great. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, 18. Thank you. Excuse me. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. That's, I'm, I thank my God that I speak in tongues, strange tongues, languages more than any of you or all of you put together. That's pretty heavy. The Apostle Paul wrote, at length on the subject of speaking in tongues. He apparently practiced what he preached because he said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. I too thank God that myself, I speak in tongues regularly. And I wish every believer might know the blessing and source of power in his daily life. Because that is your power. When you pray in tongues, that's your power source. If you remember what Jesus said, go and tarry. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, power will come upon you. Power for what? Power against the enemy, power to preach, power to get the job done that you need to get done for the Lord. Amen. The purpose in these next lessons is to set forth reasons why every Christian should speak in tongues and to help Christians see the blessings that can be theirs through the power of the Holy Spirit praying and using and God's given you a gift he's giving you the third trinity or the third person of the trinity to use and to allow to minister through you and to you continually and so we need to get everything out of him for the glory of God, he is our helper. He's our advocate. He's our counselor. And so the sad thing is, 
Most people try to do it themselves and mess things up. Praying in the Holy Ghost. If you have symptoms on your body or whatever, the best thing to do is just kick back and pray in the Holy Ghost. Just allow the Holy Spirit to have free reign in your life. I can't, I can't live without the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. Um, when any gift from the Lord is offered, and I'm going to use this morning because the Lord told me there were those in here that really needed to come up in this line and have hands laid on them, be anointed with oil. Any gift is offered, run and receive it. Don't allow anything to get in the way of God, between you and God. You know, there's been times when people have had marriages that are ready, they're ready to get a divorce if they would have only gone up for prayer when, it's, when that prayer has been called. But so many times the enemy gets in there and says, everybody's going to know. Trust me. Everybody can tell anyway. You know, we live in a small town. I've seen, not you guys, but Christians I know that are fighting in their cars. That's, you know, with a sticker on the back. That's a real good sign of, of you know, and what are the neighbors here? So this is something that it's real important that God wants to set you free from certain things, things that are going on at work, whatever. But praying in tongues, along with praying the word of God, is going to set you free from many areas in your life. And for some reason, people in this day and age don't pray in tongues like they used to. Okay? All right. Reason number one. Tongues is the initial sign. Acts 2.4. I know it's hot, but I guarantee you it's unless you have an air conditioner. And I told Pastor when we got our new heater, I'm really sorry we didn't pay the extra whatever to get an air conditioner. Um, Acts 2.4. He said, well, it was big. I don't care if it took up the whole backyard. <laughs> How many can agree with me? If you lived in Oklahoma, this is very similar to what it's like. Only it's, do, it's usually, it can get up to 120 at 4.30 in the afternoon with 99% humidity. Okay. Am I correct, Mr. Ron, back there? Pardon? It can... It's that humidity. Acts 2 4. <laughs> All right. And the beginning. Whoops, I'm in chapter 1. Sorry about that. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It says in the Amplified, and they were all filled diffused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other different foreign languages, tongues, as the Spirit kept giving them clear 
and loud expression in each tongue in appropriate words. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Word of God teaches that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Tongues is the initial evidence or sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the first reason people should speak with other tongues is because this is a supernatural evidence of the Spirit's infilling. I'm going to say that again. Therefore, the, fir the first reason people should speak with other tongues is because that is the supernatural evidence of the Spirit's indwelling. In Acts 10, and let's look there. 10.46. The Gentiles received the Holy Spirit. Verse 44, while people, Peter yet spake these words, remember when the Peter's visit to Cornelius. When Peter first yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on them which heard the word. I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, let's go to 38. How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power how he went about doing good, in particular, curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. Now you see that, that we see the, see here, how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth. with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power, how he went about doing good and in particular curing or healing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. So, he anointed Jesus and consecrated him and Jesus went about setting the captives free. And the Holy Spirit gave him strength and ability and power. Write those three things down because I might ask you those later on. Strength. I need your pen. No, I think I've got. Strength and ability and power. I have one up here. Pens. We got pens. Do you need strength, ability, and power every day? Amen. A lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't need this. I don't need to pray in tongues. I don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you do. 
especially in the times that we live in. The Word teaches that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. Tongues is the initial evidence or sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the first reason people should speak with other tongues is because this is the supernatural evidence of the Spirit's indwelling, not only to, you, to, the, to other people, but to you. When you pray in tongues, you know that you have the indwelling of the Spirit of God in you. You know, a lot of people get doubt easily and go through things. Pray in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you know that you have God praying through you, in you, doing his work in you. When we, in Acts 10, we read that the Jewish brethren who went with Peter to Cornelius' house were astonished when they saw that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. They thought it was just for the Jews. Thank God that we were given this gift also. How did these Jews know the Cornelius household for they received the gift of the Holy Spirit? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. Acts 10.46 again. It's, um, let's go to 44. When Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message. And other believers from among the circumcision, the Jews who came with Peter, were surprised and amazed because this, the free gift of the Holy Spirit had been bestowed and poured out largely even on the Gentiles. And they heard them talking in unknown tongues, languages, and extolling and magnifying God. Then Peter said, Can anyone forbid or refuse water for baptizing these people, seeing that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Glory to God. And he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And they all, and they begged him to, to stay on there for some days. They wanted more. When you get the baptize, baptism of the Holy Spirit, you want more. That's, that is the one thing. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you pray in tongues, you want more. There is a, um, you know, when Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you, if you receive what I have to give, you'll never thirst again. And the more you pray in tongues, you don't thirst. Thank God. I would say if you want to try this fan, but I'm just telling you, I know it's going to bring... You know, it's up to you guys. All right. Reason two, tongues for spiritual edification. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. Back to Corinthians. 
as you go through the epistles of Paul, you see he talks about tongues a lot. When you see someone talking about something a lot, you know that it's important. Amen? Here he's saying, For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judges me is the Lord. It says in the Amplified, I am not conscious of anything against myself, and I feel blameless, but I am not vindicated and acquitted before God on the account on that account, it is the Lord Himself who examines and judges me. Know that. It is the Lord Himself who examines and judges you. When someone, you know, you know if you're doing something wrong. And when, when another brother or whatever comes to you and starts judging you, God has already talked to you about it. Okay? We're not to be, you know, God leaves those kind of things if it needs be done to those that are in authority in the church, the pastors, the fivefold ministry. But you already know it. And Paul knew, Paul knew what he had done. He was very aware. So he says in verse 4 of 14, did I do the wrong thing again? I did it again. I'm sorry. It's hard having two big Bibles up in your lap, I'll tell you. Okay, four. Sorry about that. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. He who speaks in, an un, in a strange tongue edifies and improves himself. Do you want to edify and improve yourself? <laughs> I guess. But he who prophesies interprets the divine will and prophesies purpose and teaching with inspired edifies and improves the church and promotes growth in Christians wisdom piety holiness and happiness but those of you that pray in tongues you edify and you improve yourself so if you need some areas that need improvement take the word that you know is going to bring forth the victory Read it and pray in tongues. In the writing of the church at Corinth, Paul encouraged believers to continue their practice of speaking with other tongues in worship and their prayer lives for spiritual edification or building up. In 1 Corinthians 14.2, now that I'm there, for he who speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not with man, but unto God, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. That is powerful. When, do you have a question? Go ahead. Pardon? Be my guest, but I'm warning you. Go. 
Go ahead. You can grab my fan if you need to put it on you. I know, it's hot. I'm very aware. You'll know if it brings in hot, wa hot water, hot, hot air. Okay, thank you, Arlene. That's perfectly fine. Everybody slap yourself. Does everybody have water? Start drinking it. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Praise you, Father. Is it cold air or warm air? Anybody? Okay. Weymouth's translation says, He speaks divine secrets. Paul is saying here that God has given the church a divine, supernatural means of communication with himself. Write this down because you need it. Paul is saying here that God has given the church a divine, supernatural means of communication with himself. And then again in four, verse 14, he's, the 14th verse, he says, But if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Notice he said, My spirit prayeth. The Amplified adds, my spirit, by the Holy Ghost, prays within me. Within me, prays. So the Holy Spirit, within you, prays. Hallelujah. The Amplified Bible. God is a spirit. When we pray in tongues... Our spirit is a direct is in direct contact with God who is our who is a spirit so when we pray in tongues seva lakanda de burshanavi i am in direct contact with God there's nobody else that can get involved or can get in the middle of this okay it's God and you no one else. That's why it's so important. We are talking to him in a divine. Thank you, Lord. If my glasses get fogged up, we have a problem. Divine supernatural means. Howard Carter, I'm going to write, read you this, was a general superintendent of the Assemblies of God in Great Britain for many years and founded the oldest Pentecostal Bible school in the world. That's something. The oldest one in the world. Said we must not forget that speaking with other tongues is not only the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit's infilling, it is also a continual experience for the rest of one's life. For what purpose? To assist us in, worship, in the worship of God, speaking in tongues is the flowing stream that should never dry up. It will enrich your life spiritually. Amen. Is it getting any cooler in here? 
And I apologize. Some say no, some say yes. God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to get this heat out of this building, number one, and then it starts cooling off outside. T number three, tongues remind us of the Spirit's indwelling presence. In John 14, 16, and 17, we're already there. Otherwise, if you bless and render thanks with your spirit, thoroughly aroused by the Holy Spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider or he who is not gifted with interpreting of unknown tongues say amen to your thanksgiving since he does not know what you are saying? To be sure, you may give thanks well nobly, but the bystander is not edified. It does him no good. Okay, so praying in tongues is for us to God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're praying in tongues, there should, to the church, giving a message in tongues, there should be an interpretation. And let me tell you, if, if there isn't, you yourself should be the one to interpret it. And he will give it to you if no one else gets it. We can get into that later. Okay. Let's move over here. I think we're going to get through three. Are we in three right now? Pastor told me if it gets hot, Get out. Just shut off. Not get out, but shut the, <laughs> shut the sermon down. Huh? John 14, 16, and 17. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. What did I do? Something bad again? I must have. Ignore me. It's hard for me to see because my glasses are getting fogged up. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he deliver, he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Continuing to pray and worship God in tongue helps us to be ever conscious of his indwelling pet presence. If I can be conscious of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit every day, it is bound to affect the way I live. How many realize that? <laughs> it better. Number four, praying in tongues will keep our prayers in line with God's will. This is very, very important. Pastor came home and shared Wednesday night that a question was asked about, uh, I can't remember the whole thing, but it was going into a place and trying to minister to people where, they're not real, where there's a whole group of them and they're not ready to hear the word, okay? 
I remember one time in Santa Cruz, a group decided they were going to go downtown, and there were people practicing uh, divination and all kinds of things, and we just told them, get out, we're leaving now. You don't go into the devil's territory unless you've been asked to. And unless you're empowered and you know you have prayed and you're empowered with the Holy Ghost to go in there, that God has told you to go in. Because there's more of, not that you don't have the power, but you don't go somewhere unless God tells you to. When God has prepared these people to hear what you have to tell them, then he will send you in with the power and the anointing and they will listen. So it's a waste of time to even try to deal with something like that. I'll be honest with you, when the JWs come to my door, I studied with them for quite a while and I can take them on, but they don't want to hear it. So I just don't even mess with it, okay? Is that wrong? No. If God tells me to go out there and talk to him, I will. But it's, you know, they're not, they're, they have a mission and they're not ready to listen. Now, if, if I'm out preaching and running to them, that's a whole different story. God tells me to deal with it. Okay. Speaking in tongues keeps selfishness out of our prayers. You got that? If I pray in a prayer out of my own mind and out of my own thinking, it may be unscriptural. It may be selfish. Too often our prayers are like the old farmer who always prayed, God bless me, my wife, my son John and his wife, us four and no more. How many have ever heard that? In the scripture quoted above, Paul didn't say Pardon? What scripture? I'm sorry, I didn't give it. Romans 8:26. Help me out, dear. It's really hard here where my glasses are really like Okay. What scripture? You're supposed to know. <laughs> it's like in the the in China when they they had a spy, they didn't tell anybody, and they all told them go and pray, and you'll know we're going to meet the next time. Well, someone didn't show up; everybody else did, so they knew who the spy was. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the spirit. Also helpeth our infirmities, for we ought so for we not, know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit knoweth your infirmities and body frailties and mind weaknesses is what that means. And how many know you have body frailties at times and mind weaknesses? None of you do. That's what this means. Okay. 
If the scripture quoted above and you just got it, Paul didn't say we don't know how to pray because we do. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. This is the correct way to pray. But just because I know how to pray doesn't mean I know what to pray for as I should. Paul said, we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself for himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I'm going to tell you, when you're standing there with, with a group of people that has a dying child, I, re, I remember, and I, I don't know if I've share, ever shared this, there, there was a son that he was in a um, motorcycle accident, and the whole family came in. The mother asked me to speak to him. They did not know the Lord, none of them. So first, I took him down to the chapel at the hospital and got as many born again as I could. Then I talked to them. I, I pro I'm sure I, I can't remember. Tried to get as many filled with the Holy Ghost as I could. But I talked to them and I shared with them the importance of their confession. You know, don't speak anything negative about this young man so he will live. Now, they all kept it. Every one of the family that I heard about that came from out of state all kept it. The mother, we had an associate pastor at that time that did not believe in faith. The mother, he would come in and visit visit the mother and tell her, look at that, look at this, look at all that. And she began to weaken. And instead of calling me, which I, I pray she would have, she called his best friend and said, you need to come down here. He doesn't have much time left. She is the one that got out of faith, which is sad. And he passed away. But I have to give it to that family. They took everything I said to heart and did it. That's a miracle when there's that many. But they wanted to see that young man pull through. And the only reason I found out the truth of the matter is that my best friend at that time lived next door to the mother, knew the mother well, and knew what she had done. Or I would have been wondering why. This is why when someone dies, you never wonder why, because you don't really know what goes on. Okay? All right. Let's move on here. We pray the Father in the name of Jesus. This is, okay. Um, this literally reads, The Holy Ghost maketh intercession for us in groanings that cannot be uttered or articulate speech. Articulate speech means our regular kind of speech. He went on to point out, this was P.C. Nelson, that the Greek stresses that these not only includes groanings, escaping our lips in prayer, but also praying in other tongues. That agrees with Paul, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, for I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. The Amplified Bible says, My spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. 
How many pray in tongues daily? You don't need to raise your hand. Just think about it. How important after hearing this sermon this morning is it for you to pray in tongues? And I'm going to share this with you. If you can get more than one to pray in tongues with you, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. So it's important that couples and families pray in tongues. Matt prayed in tongues when he was four years old. He got born again at four and was it four or five when he prayed in tongues. Little children can start praying in tongues at a very early age, and you are teaching them that. Correct? Good. Okay. They need to. The world they live in and the stuff that's being taught out there, thank God for homeschooling and Christian schools. When you pray in tongues, it is your spirit praying by the Holy Spirit within you. It is the Holy Spirit within you giving you the utterance and you are speaking it out of your spirit. You do the talking, he gives the utterance. I want you to write that down, please. You do the talking, he gives the utterance. You notice when we come in and do morning prayer, you should be praying loud along with Laurel or Pastor, whoever's doing the prayer. Not just keeping your mouth shut praying in your head, pray it out. Get in agreement. Our, the, the Holy Spirit is not going to do our praying for us. He is sent to dwell in us as a helper and an intercessor. He is not responsible for our prayer life. Did y'all get that? He is not responsible for your prayer life. Say that with me. He's not responsible for my prayer life. He is sent to help us to pray. Speaking with other tongues is praying as the Spirit gives utterance. It is the Spirit-directed praying. It eliminates the possibility of selfishness in our prayers. Many times when people have prayed out of their own minds, they have changed things that actually were not the will of God and were not best for them. It's God's people, if God, sorry, if God's people want something for certain or a certain way, even if it isn't best for them or if it isn't God's perfect will, he often will permit it. It's sad God cannot stop you from doing what you want to do. That's why it's important to keep praying in the Holy Ghost, because wisdom will come. Remember Jude 20, reason 5, praying in tongues stimulates faith. If you read the book of Jude, it talks pretty much about today. If you want to pick one book out of the Bible that talks about what we're going through today, Jude is a good one. Jude 20, but you, beloved, this is reason five, but you, reason four was praying in tongues will keep our prayers in line with God. Reason three was tongues remind us of the Spirit's indwelling presence. Number five, praying in tongues stimulates faith. Jude 20, but you, beloved, building up yourselves 
on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The fifth reason every believer should pray in, the, in tongues is because it stimulates faith and helps us to learn how to trust God more fully. Because the Holy Spirit supernaturally directs the words I speak, faith must be exercised to speak with tongues. I don't know what the next word will be. I trust God for that. And trusting God is the area of life that helps me trust him in another. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Our memory text for this week is in 1 Corinthians 4.18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. If everybody could tell me <laughs> what the three words were, if someone can tell me at the beginning of this sermon. Yeah, everybody get it? Strength, ability, and power. It's even too hot to go in a pool. Okay, you're getting out of 20 till. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we've heard the word. I know it was hard to understand at times because of the heat in this building and me not giving the scripture, but I know we all got it. And that we, as a body, will, my prayer is begin to pray in tongues more and watch what the Spirit will do in each person's life. God, I just ask you to bless each person this week. I pray for each person, and I thank you, God, that they are supernaturally blessed, coming in, going out. Everything they put their hand to will prosper. And we give you the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.